0: Graciously hear us, O Lord. And though because of our sins we justly deserve this plague of mice, mercifully deliver us for Thy glory's sake. By Thy might, let this plague be expelled and from my house be left in peace. Let all it produces redound to Thy greatness and serve our necessities through Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen. I have a plague of mice in my house. I uh, pulled two out yesterday and one about a month ago. And Father Steve has given me a uh, a blessing of a community against pests, specifically mice, and so I'm going to be taking this home. It ends with an exorcism, which is um, fitting, according to my wife. Well, listen, it's not just the two mice you have harvested. Um, actually, you didn't. You didn't harvest it. I caught the, these last two. Yeah. I caught alive and took them far enough away. Um, baby, baby, baby mice. Well, tell the story about the first. Yeah, I it had one counter- in my car last year, yeah. so I, my car started stinking, and uh, I had, you know, Father Steve and our sexton come out and look, and um, it had crawled <laughs> under my floor oh, so gross. above the frame and died, and so I had to get it ripped apart, mice taken out, deep cleaned, and for like a month it was still, mm-hmm. anyway, that was last year. This year we've had three mice, um, watched one crawl out of my bathroom drain last night, um, and so last night we had drains plugged and mugs over them. Like I live in New York City, when people go out of town and have to put glasses over their, you know, drains. So why do you think it? Um, this has nothing to do with the topic or
1: theology or whatever. But why do you think? Like we have a coyote in yeah. this in this mm-hmm. on this property line. If I see the coyote, there's a coyote. Interesting. Yeah. You see a mouse; that's a different reaction.
0: But, well, to but be the, fair, I've seen the mouse inside my
1: home. Well, but I mean, I think I would still react with a bit more of an ick factor at the sight of a, yeah. of a mouse than I would a the coyote. The smaller
0: the animal, almost the more the ick factor. That's my that's my point. Yeah, like a spider, does, does it make any sense? Yeah, um, yeah, a coyote. In terms of actual threat, a coyote yeah. could bite you. Oh yeah, you, yeah. Know, the mouse is not actually coyote, going to harm me. No. So. Um, it's just kind of icky, but I don't know. But, man, watching them crawl out of that drain, turn the water on after it had crawled back in to try to flush it down, and it swam up and was sprinting around I my... I you smelled my like Clorox the, this morning. No, uh, a lot of bleach, and, um, you know, now we're just waiting for pest control. I'm going to be bringing this missile home, and we're blessing Buck home and doing some so exorcisms. If
1: Father Luke is distracted today, that is why. that's nah, I'm, I'm, I'm good now. I'm not home.
0: It's my poor wife who's trying to work from home with, you know, my... My mother and a newborn, with mice running around. Well, the worst part is we have two cats. They've done nothing. That that, that is the worst part. You're they right. just sit and sleep all day. I think that needs to be the conversation. Yeah, they, this had. to be. Um, you know, I need to bring Twig, our church cat. She's she's a killer. Kill I need to bring her home. Anyway, we're going to talk <laughs> talk about money today. Um, it is stewardship season at, here at Saint Timothy's at our parish, and um, you know, we're asking people to tithe in a couple in a couple of weeks to bring their pledge card. Um,
1: well, to be fair, it's stewardship
0: season year round, everywhere. but also year oh, yes. round. Um, but we are doing a specific focus on that yeah. because of this budget planning. This when we planning. ask people yeah. to, and and you know, we'll talk about more than just tithing, almsgiving, good uses of money, etc. But um, you know, the point we make to people is spiritually pledging. Is a way to keep you accountable. It habituates giving, and then practically, you know, it helps us have a budget. And we are called to be good stewards of money, and we can do that well if we know what's coming next year. Um, I mean, we need to know what we have so that we know what good we can do with it. Um, and so, you know, that's the the season we're in. Um, but we're going to talk in general about about money today. Um, you know, questions people might have about tithing. I preached on it this past Sunday. And so that, that is kind of where I'll start. Um, but before we, we dive into some of these topics, um, any initial thoughts, launching points about money and tithing?
1: I mean, just that money is the most controversial subject I think you can bring up. Um, and people will get on edge. They get yeah, antsy. Yeah. And that's the one thing that we're trying to, to address. I love is, talking about money. I, I know you do. Um, that was your most impassioned homily you've given at St. Timothy's. I love it. Um,
0: the reason I love it is it's not it 's i 'm not painting with too broad of a brush, but the Christian view of money makes so much sense to me, and it actually has helped alleviate um, concerns I have about my it just it just seems to make sense to me, and so I almost feel like I want people to actually understand this like, this is yeah. for
1: your benefit It makes sense once you get past all the misconceptions and, mm-hmm. and 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 to be fair to to a lot of people who may be you know, on the edge of the church or watching from yeah. a distance, it's very easy to get the wrong impression of what the church does with money or why the yeah. church talks about money. When you when you look at all of the awful um, TV preachers and yep. their $40 million yep. jets yep. and, you know, their mm-hmm. $2,000 tennis shoes that they have a different pair every yeah. week, et cetera, yeah. et cetera, et cetera, et we'll,
0: cetera. That's one of the, I think, hang-ups that we'll, we'll talk about. Yeah. about. How yeah. do you tithe when you think the church is not using it appropriately? I mean, that doesn't... Get rid of the command, um, yeah. but there are you know ways you can go about.
1: But that. I, you know what's interesting to me, and I think I think I may have said this before, is I never say this because I think this is self-evident. But my own children, I mean, they were young, but they 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 actually thought. Yeah, this is good. They actually thought that um, you know, I take home the offering plate, and that was your salary, right? And That was my salary. I was like, no, that's not that's not it at all, at all. And I th- I wonder if people um, actually do. Think that I mean it's interesting. This this is off topic, but it's on my mind. I went to the Harris Teeter last night just mm-hmm. to get something. So we're we're doing what my children call struggle meals. Right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so you start stretching. So the meal. Um, because of inflation, and we realized that um, I didn't. Share, my wife told me how much we've spent at the Harris Teeter in mm-hmm. the past two months, and I'm not going to. I'm not going to tell what that number is because it's sinful. It's awful. <laughs> it's a lot of money, and I had it no
0: is. idea. Hey, money is meant to be used. Yes, food is a good. That's a good but, use of money, but
1: but I was. Yes, at any rate, um, you've been using it, haven't you? I've been using it. So, uh, so um, I bought um, a ten dollar family, you know, skillet meal. So, yeah. ten bucks to feed four of us, which is a struggle meal compared to yeah. what I've been doing. So, I'm walking out now. If you're watching on on YouTube, you know, I'm, you and I both are wearing a cassock, which is our, our normal thing, which is an act of stewardship. Five hundred dollar cassock will last us fifteen years, yes, correct? And that's what
0: we wear most every day. Yeah, um, uh, you know, people. Have hang-ups. I saw a good thing recently talking about cassock is cheaper than suits, by, by far. Oh, five hundred dollars would buy you one shoe. You know, Twenty suits. thirty dollars shirts underneath. Oh, absolutely. And, a pair of and I'm wearing shorts. I'm wearing Champion sweatpants yeah. under this
1: that yeah. I bought at the factory Correct. store downtown. So. Anyway, so I'm walking out of Harris Teeter wearing wearing cassock, and I've got a toboggan on, you know, because I'm bald, so oh. my head's cold. So and I'm walking to a black car. It's dark, and I'm wearing this. I. I can kind of imagine what this looks like. There's a woman in like a Toyota Highlander sitting outside Papa John's, mm-hmm. I think, and she is. Um, when I walk around, she's parked next to me. I can see her look. We, we, our eyes catch in the side view mirror. Do you know what she did next?
0: Locked her. She car. locked the doors. <laughs> <laughs> she
1: she and, me, and I just started laughing because it was you know whatever. So I, I guess uh, I guess the point is is that we know. What the intent is mm-hmm. on everything that we do, Correct. and and, and it's, it makes so much sense to us, mm-hmm. and it's so consonant with Holy Scripture and the, and the witness of the Church for so long, that one of the blind sides that I have, um, blind blind spots that I have. It is not realizing people very easily have the wrong impression, like the woman in the car Correct. thinking, here, I'm coming. Yep. I'm or re- your children, even. Yeah, or I could, well, the woman in the car thinking I could be harmful, yeah. and I'm just wearing a cassock, and my yeah. children thinking that, yeah, don't, you know, look at the offering plate.
0: I was about that, to say, they, they probably had some weeks where they were like, uh, we ain't going to be eating tonight. Yeah. Um, but let, let's let's dive into a little bit about, um, you know, Scripture's view of money. Uh, to This week in our daily... Uh, mass, ferial Gospels. It's, you know, Jesus being asked about taxes, um, you know, whose image is on the coin. That's probably one of the more famous money passages. Uh, This past Sunday, it was the parable of the ten virgins. And at first I thought, I I need to preach on money. I don't know if I'm going to be able to make this work with this Gospel. But it actually worked really well um, the more I, you know, sat with, with the text. And so what I ended up saying was, Um, the the foolish bridesmaids or the foolish virgins, when the bridegroom came, had money, but no oil left. The wise ones had bought more, bought more oil and had exchanged their money for that which was actually good. And I thought that's a a wonderful little um, image of what our money is supposed to do for us. And this gets to where Jesus says, give away your money and build up for yourselves treasures in heaven. I mean, it It's almost childlike, but it actually is this nice exchange. I give money away and I actually build up spiritual treasures. Uh, By giving away the material, we build up the immaterial. And that, I think, is a good way to kind of start talking about money, is it's meant to be given away and used for good purposes. And that's the thing I said a million times last year. I think I've said it 100 already this year. The money is meant to be used. It has potential. It's a placeholder. the, the most unchristian thing you can do with money is just sit on it, hide it in a closet. And, w- you know, we have to be careful Which when we say Which is the gospel
1: this. this coming Sunday, the yeah, parable of true. the talents. That's
0: true. The talents. Yeah, I'll build up my barns. And St. Basil has a great homily on that. But this actually allows us to start talking about some of those misconceptions. Because, um, like, and I said this to the youth. and. You know, I was talking about this a little bit about stewardship and money's a placeholder for things that are good, and we need to spend it on good things rather than bad things. That's one of the virtues of money. And, you know, they start saying, well, so is saving for college or a house bad? And that's a good way for us to say, no, absolutely not. But I think the practical advice is if you are saving, you need to be certain, this is what I'm saving for. Mm -hmm. You don't just save to save to have more money. I mean, you actually save for specific uses. Yeah. the problem with that i'm going to be saving for a house for a long time i'm going to be saving for college for james for a long time and i don't know exactly how much money well, I, remember, going to I remember i remember having
1: a conversation with 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 you know my i think my father years ago and and he he would have some collectibles or whatever mm-hmm. and he would say you know you you have these for a rainy day and then yep. and then you can sell them and then but then, you know, went through all kinds of financial hardship and bankruptcy and all that. I'm like, haven't hasn't there been a few rainy yeah, days? I yeah. mean at what point do you do you realize, okay, this is, when, this we, is it. When, when we need this? And what I think is very helpful, and I've been really on I've been doing a lot of reading on Thomas Aquinas lately, stemming from last week's podcast episode about He's good the, on the, the class I was taking. But but this good is good. the thing that I think once you understand the motivation of, um, of why we act, things begin to really m- mm-hmm. make sense. So, you've mentioned the word good a couple of times, and Thomas Aquinas, as we, I think we talked about last week, was building on Aristotle's philosophy yeah. because that was um, understandable and accessible. Yeah. And, and so, what Aristotle was saying, and Aquinas would, would perfect, is that everything we do, we're doing to fulfill what we think is a need. Correct. And so, um, and so that's why Aristotle says every act is toward one's good. So if, if you do something, you're doing something, you're acting, because that's ultimately going to fulfill something that's missing. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you fulfill what you need, that is good. The problem is what is an apparent good and what yeah. is a real good. Yeah. The real good is that which is truly good for you. Yeah. The apparent good is what is what you perceive to be good, which may not be. Mm-hmm. And so like, um, so the use of money, um, you know, having money, saving money, spending money mm-hmm. is fulfilling a need, Correct. which the real good would be to um, to provide security, things we yeah. need, yeah. feed.
0: Save for a house. For to you, save for a house. Prepare for your family. Give
1: away all these yeah. things. The, the apparent good, would be a hundred and ten dollar meal at Harris Teeter every night. Yes. Like, why do you need that? Yeah. Or, or you know, w- whatever kind of material good mm-hmm. that you think is going—that's I mean, the whole point. The whole point of advertising is to is to present this is a apparent goods yeah. that, that you need that yeah. you need to work for and sacrifice to have, um, but they, they never they never really um, um, fulfill and, and fulfill that desire. The because only God fulfills all of our desires. Yeah. Right. The epistle for the traditional twenty eight lectionary mm-hmm. is talking about that. Yeah. Uh, talking about the apparent good. He talks about enemies of the cross. Yep, yep. What's he say? He says God is in, their belly. God is their belly in this destruction. So he says they God focus is on earthly things. Earthly things and their 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 passions um that aren't ordered mm-hmm. toward their real um their real end, their 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 real good. And so that's the end, when you do that, is destruction. Yep. And I think that framework of understanding what we're talking, for me, is helpful. We've talked about this before. This is, um, you know, money is morally neutral, you know, in the sense that it depends on how you want to use it. Yes.
0: Yes, it is morally neutral, but that does not mean it is um, a neutral sphere. God actually does care. What no, you completely. Do with your no, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. But money in and of itself meaning can be it used could for be good. used good or absolutely. bad. Yeah, but I think um, the reason I, I balk at that is because I've heard so many people say
1: like items itself are morally neutral, but acts are not yes, morally. Yeah. Every act has a mo- yep. is every act is moral one yeah. way or the other.
0: I think I think the reason I, I balk at that is is this is one of the. Social conceptions about money that the church really has to say no 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 there 's a different way of approaching this is when people say money politics they're they're neutral um, God doesn't you know have a space in those no, completely money incorrect. money is kind of outside of the realm of Christianity no if you're a Christian with ten dollars that's different than a non-christian with ten dollars there's actually a a way to use that money in accordance with virtue and God's law and that is that's a big deal can you flip that off behind you flip it off yeah it's flickering mm-hmm. it's gonna
1: put me in a tailspin we'll be in the dark but I can it's now focus darker, on you. I can now focus I'm not on gonna you. have
0: our rector drop in front yep. of me from a seizure yep but um yeah, well that's two of the three lights that have gone out budget set up over here um, but yeah, so, so the idea is that... Pledge. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I'll this one more studio lights. Um, but the idea is there is actually a a way that God cares about our money. I mean, and I think that's, that's step one, is one of the misconceptions that people have when they show up to church is, why are you telling me what to do? This is mine. This is my money. I get to choose what to do with it. And the theological response to that is in all of our offertory statements, it's... Throughout the scriptures, that all that we have is actually a gift from God, and this is most obvious, practically, by looking at a baby. James, my son, he's getting his you know butt wiped from me every day. He's getting fed for without earning it. I mean, his whole existence is a gift, mm. and it's unmerited. I mean, I'm not sitting there waiting for him to. He's not earning his keep. Yeah, to earn his keep. No, we we take that's our responsibility, but. From our very beginning, our existence is a gift, um, and this is throughout. I mean, all the church fathers talk about this. I mean, um, there the idea that uh, oh, this is mine, and I earned this, and I've merited it, and I get to choose. I mean, that is so foreign from how the early church viewed material possessions. Um, I mean, it's it's. And that's, you know, a hard thing to get people to change their mind about when they're so set in their way. But that's such an important thing because if you think this is mine, then the job of stewardship, and this is, you know, what I've had to mentally do, I'm not trying to convince people to feel like you should give your money away. I'm not trying to, I'm not a motivational speaker. I'm trying to get them to realize that you give your money away whether you feel like it or not. Because that's an obligation, a responsibility that you have. I mean, that's a commandment from God. Like
1: and, every other spiritual discipline. Yeah, and mean, the goal have, is yeah. to
0: match your heart. But, you know, I see so many stewardship sermons and campaigns. It's a, it's like motivational speaking. I just need to get them to feel like it. And that is a short term solution. The long term solution is to start the habit and later become, like I said in my sermon, the cheerful giver of the planet. Well, Paul and I
1: think about. if we focus on the end, why am I doing this? Mm-hmm. And, it, and it's, and I, um, I mean, there's so much to say because this is so, yeah. I mean, I to go back to the comment about it's mine, I mm-hmm. operate under the principle, and I haven't found an exception to this, that I think that if it can be taken from you, it is by definition not yours. Yeah. You may have custody over it or mm-hmm. stewardship over it, mm-hmm. but if it can be removed, then it's then it, again, yeah. by definition, it's not yours. Which
0: means there's very few things that are ours. Well, there's. Ours.
1: I mean, there's actually the only thing that, that is ours, uh, which is also a gift, would be faith. Okay. Yeah. Right. Um, Hope. But Love. but you know, can your child be taken from you? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, that's it's a gift. It's a gift, and it's in your you're, responsible. You're, for you are his. You life. are his custodian. You're his yeah. father, but but you know he's he's. Not yours in the sense that, yeah, that you have the ultimate good. control over it. Uh, property, money,
0: uh, job—you know, you, um, you know—all those things can be removed. So, would it be faith, hope, and love? I mean, is that another way which are, to look at the theological which are also, virtues? Which are also gifts. I mean,
1: no matter true. no matter yeah, what someone true. does to you, they cannot remove they, you, the faith in, in Jesus Christ. Cannot be cannot be extracted from mm-hmm. you. Um, you can give it up.
0: Yeah, that's the story of the martyrs. Correct, yeah. but
1: but it's it's yours. And I, I think that's your life that's can be the, taken from you. And if everything if everything is um, on loan on loan, and I'm a steward of it, then you have more gratitude yep. over what you have, yep. and then you 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 take care. Of things, mm-hmm. and and you have, and you don't waste it, uh, especially yeah. time. Like this is, I don't have control over this. I'm going yeah. to enjoy it while I have. But, I mean, I think if if Christians would, just when when they hear us talk about money, first trust us that we're not benefiting from their sacrifice. No. I mean, in in the sense that we have a job, yes, uh, but, but but we're I not mean, I, profiting t- from correct. their sacrifice. And I've told
0: people personally. Somebody, you know, if someone were to give us money that would cover our next five expenses, five years of expenses, I'm going to be up there next year saying you need to tithe. That's not the point. Yeah, that, exactly. That's not the it's point. Not the point that, at all. You tithe to benefit you. We won't. And, we, and yeah. you know what that would do for us? It would actually give us more work. Now we got to figure out some good things to use yeah. this money for. Yeah. Maybe we can, you know, do more for, for the homeless population. Yeah. So, we, you know, we in turn then use it for good. But you're right. <laughs> you know, I was
1: telling you, I was watching a, a Netflix show. Um, It was, you know... um. It requires a password, so or passcode, because it's not it's not G rated, but it was uh, it was based on a series of Edgar Allan Poe's stories. Mm-hmm. And it was called the, the Fall, of The House of Usher. Um, I got into it this past weekend, but the the um, the the antagonist in the movie and in, in the show, the, the villain was a um, was all about greed, mm-hmm. from rags to riches. And, and they even addressed some of the moral themes, even though it's not a family-friendly show. The moral themes that were addressed, that were pervasive, was one of greed. And he was asked, you know, you have billions of dollars when would you stop? And and the antagonist said, you know the answer, I never would. Mm-hmm. I mean, you never, you, There's never enough. Unlimited. unlimited." And so, you know, the money, you know, one may make at this point in their life, they never, you know, their parents never imagined making that much Correct. money. Yet Correct. we still feel like we're struggling to make ends meet. Yep. And our grandparents would think that we're the Rockefellers. Mm-hmm. And, and our, you know, and we'll look at, our children will we'll make three times what we make, you know, and, and but, hopefully. hopefully, but, you know, it's just it, your expenses always find a way to meet your, your income. Yep. You know, yep. and so that's why that discipline is important because there's never that point of comfort mm-hmm. because we'll spend it on something. Someone spent, and this is, you know, whatever. I mean, I'm not, I don't know what this person does with their money otherwise, but someone spent $2.5 million on a stamp yesterday, the most expensive stamp Ever bought the inverted Jenny biplane from 1918? It's a famous stamp um, for stamp collectors. $2.5 million is a lot of money. Uh, a lot it's a of lot of money. money. Um, you know, um, Jimbo Fisher, Texas AM yeah. football coach, yeah. got fired, is getting a they $73 million. Him to go dollars. Away. You and I both would love to be fired by the vestry tomorrow and have $70 million. Mm-hmm. This is all make believe cartoon money. I mean, yeah. but, but yeah. there's so much out there. Correct. And and we throw those numbers around like it's like it's you know we have it in our wallet. Yeah. Um, but yes, there's absolutely is there's there's every human action has a moral uh, is 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 either moral or immoral. It either takes us closer to our real good, our intended end, or it moves us further away. Mm-hmm.
0: It takes us to our rest in Jesus Christ, or it makes our God our belly. That is such a huge point when it comes to money because, and you know, I'm gonna say. That means every single dollar you spend is doing one of those two. That's not to get people to you know overanalyze. Oh my gosh, we do does one of those two things. Oh my gosh, I'm going to Harris Teeter. Should I buy this rice or this rice? Which one's the Christian rice? That's not what we mean. But the idea is what Uncle Ben. (laughs) But the idea is it it actually does matter. I mean, this is for your salvation. So um, before we get into some maybe you know practical hesitations or questions people have about maybe tithing, um, I want to mention almsgiving and then this idea of merit. Um, so uh, you mentioned Aquinas. We have this now in a poster, poster board in our, in our narthex because um, I think this is so helpful. Aquinas actually gives five virtues dealing with the Christian use of money. And you know, none of them are generosity. And virtues
1: are holy dispositions. Correct. Dispositions to act. Yes. Yeah. And, yeah. And by habit, they they mean that we they um, um, they inhabit us, or we inhabit yeah. them. Yeah. We live in there. It like becomes a a something
0: you don't think about. Correct. Um, the goal. At The beginning. You know, you practice them. But um, what the reason I think these are so helpful is because I'll hear a lot of people say, "Well, I give." You know, I tithe and I give some money to charity, so I'm doing good with my money. And, you know, these five virtues are are kind of Aquinas' pushback of, no, 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 it's not just what you do with 10% of your money, it's what you do with 100% of your money. That's what you're called to actually be a good steward over. So he talks about um, beneficence, basically bless others with your money. So when you you use your money for the benefit of others, you need to be blessing them. Spiritually, materially, you know, you you use it to, to benefit other people. And the second one is liberality. Basically, give well and give frequently. Don't be stingy. Um, so if you're going to you know, give money to someone in need, don't say, well, I've got $20, but I'll just give them five. No, give well, give frequently. Don't even think about it. Just give them what you have. The, the third one, which is my favorite, I think even Aristotle talks about this, magnificence. It's an extraordinary sum of money, and it's doing an extraordinary work with it. Um, the question is, you know, if you won the lottery, what would you do with it? Mm-hmm. That's magnificence. If you yeah. had a million dollars, what would you do? Build a, build a school. Build a church. Build a, a shrine. Um, do something magnificent with that extraordinary sum of money. Uh, temperance is the fourth one. Basically, if you spend your money on bad things, you won't have money to spend on good things instead. If you waste your money... You're limiting your ability to do beneficence or other things. And then the last one is almsgiving, and that's using your money as an unconditional gift rather than an exchange. But the idea is every single dollar you have should fit one of these five things. And that um, gets into a, a question that people have about you know tithing. You know, we recommend 10%. That was the Old Testament law. Jesus says give away everything you have. Um, He deepens it and says, actually do more than that. But we start with that 10% because it it builds a good habit. But um, people will ask, you know, how much do you want? We don't want 100% of your money because that would mean you can't give alms then. That would mean you can't support your family then. So, you know, there's this idea that the church is always asking for more. They always want more and more and more. And we, by nature, are beggars. That's how we exist is Mm -hmm. the, the blessing of other people. But we don't want 100%. Because that would mean you can't give money to a beggar on the side of the street if you give us everything you have. And so, you know, tithing is a part of your clear, use of money. And just to be clear, when you say us, we're not getting your yeah, money. Yeah, yeah. Us being <laughs> you know, the church. Yeah, absolutely. The church. Um, but, you know, people think, oh, the church always asks for more. It's never enough. Um, we don't want every penny you have. We don't need every penny you have. You need to use the church and the needy and your family. There's a... There's all these different kind of avenues for the Christian use of money. Tithing is one of those. It should be your your biggest priority, and that's you know why the Bible says the first fruits. It's the first thing you do with it, which is why you know I personally have it set up to where my tithe comes out 12:01 um, on the first. My paycheck hits at midnight. You know I don't know how it happens on the internet, but same time the tithe comes out it's before i even see it um and wake up and that that then you can't miss it if you never had it exactly right and and that also is a way for for me to say i'm going to try to not even decide to do this every month it actually is decided for me Mm -hmm. because i've given the okay i understand that wasn't a thing 200 years ago but it's very helpful now because it is it just happens it that is a way that i've habituated tithing because i don't actually even think about it it just happens. I know myself. You know, everyone's different. If I had to write the check every month, every single time I wrote it, I would think, gosh.
1: This hurts. This,
0: I could yeah. do a lot with this money. Yeah. So get it, get it out. Habituate it to where I don't even think about it. Because um, I know myself. I, that's helpful for me. The, the other idea is merit. And um, to go back to this, I don't know where I heard this. Um, a book or a podcast or something. It's not my idea, but it, it's, it's really beautiful. Um, but wherever it was that I, I saw this, it was talking about um, merit, especially, you know, the idea of earning spiritual treasures. And the idea is that we're not earning our salvation by tithing. Theologically, we can't. We know that. The scriptures always say, you know, your works are filthy rags. Um, Jesus Christ is the way in which we receive justification. I get that. But... The incarnation allows us to then do good works. I mean, this is what Paul says. You were created through Jesus Christ to do good works, which you were prepared in advance for us to do. I'm messing up the wording there. But the idea, and this is this is where I you know, heard this wonderful analogy. Um, I think it's really, really beautiful. As James gets older, he is going to do a craft at church or color a page and give it to me. And that in and of itself is... Worthless. I mean, it, it doesn't do anything to actually earn favor from me. That in and of itself doesn't, it's not good enough to actually earn like a wow. Like I'm not looking at the Mona Lisa. I get that. But because I already unconditionally love him and he has not merited that, that picture actually becomes a means by which I bestow love and favor upon him. Oh, great job. We're going to put it on the fridge. And that then becomes a stand in for this merit that we that i have basically allowed him to accomplish through his little crayon drawing i love that because that's basically the idea of god looking at us he we don't earn his favor he already has given it to us but by our good spiritual works on earth it's as if it's a crayon drawing saying here's what i've done for you and that becomes a means by which we literally build up favor and treasures in heaven i love that idea because it simultaneously stresses the fact that we're not talking about buying your salvation, but it also says that what we do on this earth actually has a eternal implication for our souls. And that idea of us as the child with the crayon drawing, here's what I did for you, and God as the Father saying, you know, great, I love it. Even though in and of itself it's actually meaningless is, is a wonderful image from when we think about what we do with our money.
1: Yeah, I'm, I, I always think and I always make the case and I, I can very easily here or anywhere else explain what the church does that's good mm-hmm. um, with what people give of their hard-earned mm-hmm. sacrificial giving, and I think, and I, I have no hesitation to defend. I think that uh, of what how we spend, what our priorities mm-hmm. are. I think we. Um, As as a phrase is used frequently in the office, we punch way above our weight with what we're able to do. I don't think that's the point necessarily, because I don't think one gives to sponsor certain activities alone in a church. uh, Because what happens if, like for instance? What happens if you don't have any children? You know, and well, I don't have any children, so I don't benefit from that. Right. So I don't give. That's not why we do it. But I, but I you know I think we should we should we should have to defend that and be mm-hmm. able to, and I, th- mm-hmm. I think we can. I think though it's so much easier to simply um, ask one another to address what this practice, how it forms us and how it changes us. And I th- I remember my sister in law. Years ago, lived in Spain for a semester when mm-hmm. she was in college, and the thing that I remember from her um, from her experience there and living with the family was a certain kind of simplicity. And so, so you know, you're simpler than I am because I've lived longer and I've accumulated more junk. <laughs> number one, but if I went into your cupboard now, you—it's just you, Chloe, and James. Mm-hmm. How many? cups do you have in your cupboard
0: we're trying to get rid of them speaking of how I mean, just go throw out I a number know. too many too many how i mean many we've people? got like glass glasses then we have mugs then we have a few plastic cups there's only two people drinking yeah. at a time yeah. usually
1: so in her in, in spain they had everyone had a plate yeah and a cup and they would use and it i was in divinity they would school my
0: first it. year if that's what i did yeah i didn't have a kitchen and so i use that
1: image that's helpful to me because i do the dishes and cook and, yeah. and I'm and I open the cupboard and cups are falling yeah. out. Like what are we doing? There's four people now living in this house and I have forty cups in mm-hmm. here. And that is a is an image of of other aspects of our life. Yeah. Of I I have things that, that I can't possibly use. Yep. I don't need. Yet there's this compulsion to, to get them, yep. to to yep. collect them, to accumulate them, to not let them go. Yeah. And all it all it's doing is just taking up space in mm-hmm. my life, yeah. to no good, to no end. Mm-hmm. And you can take that and apply it in all kinds of ways. That doesn't mean at all you shouldn't have a cup yeah, or a plate yeah. or, you know, uh, whatever. I mean, I mean you, you, you don't want to take it too far because we're talk, talking about cups. But I think the point is clear. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, the other thing I remember, I've told this story before. One of our parishioners, Ellen, used to work in a, in a doctor's office. And she told me one time years ago... That she remembered um, one of the members of the staff, um, not, not a doctor, but like one of the office employees mm-hmm. had some need and the office took a collection. And the people who made the appointments, you know, just the office workers were throwing in, you know, 20s and 50s mm-hmm. in the plate. The physicians threw in ones and 5s Mm-hmm. She said, "I never forgot that. Yeah. These are the people who are making so much money, mm-hmm. and this is one of their own, yep. And they threw in ones and fives. Uh, but the people who had very little mm-hmm. this is the parable this is the story the of the story widow's wife widow. yeah. gave out of abundance mm-hmm. because they were connected to the human need. And I think that the practice of stewardship moves us away from throwing in ones and fives, yep. out of our abundance, yep. uh, because we're greedy. And, and and we devalue. Now, if if we focus, if we keep all this, then everything has a value. Yep. And so what is the value of the lowly office worker? And I say lowly in quotes, because that's how you start that's to good. look at people, yep. as the lowly person. You're beneath me, you're not on my level. And then when everything, we, we walk around and the whole world becomes sort of the price is right. You know? Um, that's a great point. You know, yeah. if, uh, okay, how much is that? What yep. is that worth? Yep. And then. And
0: we start actually comparing yeah. things. Yep. Oh, that's worth twenty dollars. So also is this worth twenty dollars, and they might have no business being compared yep. to each other.
1: Another parishioner who was in another diocese <clears throat> a long time ago was the um, finance chair for the diocese, whatever the whatever mm-hmm. the position was. And he said he got he spent so much time looking at diocesan budgets yeah. and how to save and that's cut ruin your that, faith? that he, he would sit in church. He had to quit because he would sit in church and think, how much are those candles? Yeah, how yeah. Can, how can we save wow. on those candles? Those flowers. If we went from you know, you know, two flower arrangements to one, how much money? And he says everything in worship everything became is dollars. a dollar, and I, I couldn't pray, and but that's how we often look at yep. life. Yep. And if you if you if you trim it off, and it's like a it's like a financial diet. Like if you're going to lose weight, you just you just reduce your intake. Yep. You reduce your intake. That's yeah. that's the secret to losing weight. Yeah. Um, do the same thing with our resources. Um, and Dave Ramsey, who's controversial in some circles, I think everyone can agree on this statement. He said, if you can't live on 90% of your income, you probably can't live on 100% of mm-hmm, it. Mm-hmm. Fair enough.
0: Dave Ramsey is great for getting out of debt. Probably stop there. Yeah, probably stop there. Yep. <laughs> yeah, debt. I mean, we didn't even mention debt. Debt is uh, a spiritual issue also, and that is a burden that we you know, strive our very best to get out of um, as quick as we can. But um, that the idea that everything becomes a dollar sign is really interesting um, because it shows how quickly money becomes the lens by which we view everything. Yeah. You see you see a house. I wonder how much that costs. You see something nice, um, or you even see um, like a, you know, basically you see good things and you think, how can I use money to get that for myself? And that becomes the, um, it's the, it's the uh, potential for power. I want that. How, can, how could I get that? Well, if I had X many dollars, then it could be mine. It becomes almost a possession thing. I mean, that's really, I think, what we're doing when we say, how much does that cost? It's how much money would I need to, to have that? Well,
1: and think about public policy or domestic policy. Think about um, foreign aid. How much are those people worth? Yeah, you know we're yep. sending that much money over there. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's that's yeah. not, you know, or even we can we're not going to get into domestic policy, yeah. but but it's very easy to view human beings and a assign them a, wor, a worth that mm-hmm. is not ours to assign, mm-hmm. of infinite worth. Jesus Christ died for them. Yep. and um, and the point going back to that is these are the deeper spiritual points Mm -hmm. as to why we ask people to commit to their local parish and the local parish And people could say what I, I sprinkle it around fine. But, um, there's something about doing it in the name of Jesus Christ to his yep. glory and also the accountability and the connection you have yep. in a local parish yep. um, where you are identified as someone who is committed to mm-hmm. building up this faith community, n- not just so that we can become another nonprofit United Way type Correct. organization, but because I'm committed to living my life as a faithful Christian. And I know that, that money in the Gospels is the number one um, Material reality that can move me further away, yeah. yeah. Or on the flip, has the potential to. Um, it's more difficult. Remember the the camel through the yeah, eye yeah, of a yeah. needle could move me but closer when if he I'm, says, I'm willing to sell do Sell all
0: your possessions so that you might have eternal life. Yeah. I mean, it has the potential to do incredible things for you. Um, let's talk about a couple of the reasons people should or tithing in general, and some questions people have. Um, you already mentioned people say I scattered around. Great, that's almsgiving or that's beneficence. It's not your tithe. You might say, well, my kid goes to a, you know, religious school or religious daycare. It's not your tithe. Your tithe is to a local parish, and and the reason that that is so important is because uh, the quote you read last week. It's you saying I'm a part of this community, and it's actually um, a good way of thinking about it is that God has let you become a means by which his church is able to accomplish its work in the world. Um, the reason we are able to say Mass every single day is because people have said, I'm in. I'm in on this. Mm-hmm. We might go give last rites to you know, somebody else who this person never knows, but they become a means by which that is accomplished. That's a gift for them. They're... They're saying, here you go. You are now able to participate in the sacramental work of the church. And so the reason why tithe into your local parish is important is because that's your way to participate in that. And, and you mentioned the kids thing earlier. I've heard several people say, well, I don't have any youth, so I don't want my money going to the youth ministry. It's not your money. Remember, you don't own it. And, and, and to say that, well, I don't have any kids, so that's not going to directly benefit me, that's still trying to say, it's mine it's my, I'm going to give it to you, but make sure it goes back for my benefit. And tithing is a way to say, no, 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 you're relinquishing control. Give it to the church and trust that in their sacramental work it's going to be used to further god's kingdom and let's just throw the caveat i
1: can hear people i can hear people in their minds because i'm cynical and i i think most people are cynical like me father father yes but a lot of people misuse funds and they do awful things Mm -hmm. with it correct and i think that's why it's important for us to be transparent absolutely and to make that Mm -hmm. defense because no i don't think if 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 someone is uh, using your money for awful things, mm-hmm. then prudence—one of the virtues—you need to be able to make that decision Correct. as to why I that's a, good. I
0: heard a really interesting, and you know, I I think this is a exception that proves the rule. But I, I heard a really interesting story about people who suspected that money was being misused, or um, you know, seriously, like they had serious reason to think this, and so they wanted to fulfill their ties still, but they were worried about just giving to the general. So they actually said. Um, to the church, send me your electric bill every year or every month, that's about 10% of my income, I'll cover your electric bill every every month." And that was a way for them to fulfill the spirit of the tithe while still changing you know, what they're doing. Now we're not gonna ask people to do that, we hope no. that we're transparent enough that yeah. you can trust, give to the work of the church and we will use it as we need to. But that was a good way of somebody saying, just because I suspect they may be using it in this area wrong, it doesn't mean I just get to stop giving. Um, it's it's not my money to begin with. Um, and so there, prudence guides our decision-making. Um, temperance don't allow your money to become the means by which somebody else falls into vice, um, but there's still ways you can practically actually go about. Well, fulfilling. and not only
1: that, but let's just talk about practical things here. I mean, at St. Timothy's mm-hmm. um, most um, overwhelming, uh, the overall uh, majority of what our money goes to supports the the staff who then create ministries, yeah, and yeah. then and then we do the sacramental work, mm-hmm. and then the the buildings that we keep open yeah. literally twenty four hours a day yep. for ministry um, for people to benefit from that. So, if something <laughs> your pledge does not go toward at all vestments or things like mm-hmm. that. We acquire those things through designated gifts, people who want their money, who either say, I don't care what you use it for or for specific purposes. So Mm -hmm. what people give is just to the general support of the church that that is there to keep the church open, to make sure that we are free Mm -hmm. to be able to offer a sacramental ministry and Mm -hmm. and to encourage people to pray and teach them to pray. Um, and so we try to eliminate that kind of well, I don't like this, but I do like that yeah. a la carte kind of stuff because the problem is that becomes I mean that An is obsession. it will be it, it's just it's ad infinitum. You can you can cycle that's that exactly. down yeah. Yeah. to where then it becomes so uh, couture and bespoke that there's nothing to give to mm-hmm. because you can really whittle it down, and that's not the focus. I mean mm-hmm. the focus is. I just I want to live freely and, and I give it and you know we you and I both tithe and we know that we have to give to the dio- diocese and the diocese gives to the to the mm-hmm. national church and mm-hmm. we're not thrilled about everything how that's spent on but you know there it is yep. fine yep. Um, you know give to the person on the street I have no clue where that money's going but I'm giving it, it, to, them. it, it matters, to them it doesn't matter you know and so yeah. if I, if I choose to give it to you I'm giving it to you correct and I hope you do something helpful with correct. it but if you don't I'm not going to go and take it back from you
0: yeah yeah. Um. I was, I was going to make another point about um, the, the work of the church. Um, but, yeah, that's, that's a good practical consideration that we try to eliminate that. Uh, oh, this is, this is my point. I think one of the worst things— There's nothing wrong with my investments with money, though. I mean, I, no, that's why people give designated funds. That's right. To, they, to they the glory of God. Yeah. yeah. Um, one of the worst things I think people can do with a tithe is use it to lord over a local parish. You know, basically use it as a bargaining chip. Um, I don't like those candles. I want you to switch them out, and until you do, I'm going to. And we don't like play that, that game. So we don't. We don't. Play and I that was going to say, here. we don't play that game. I'm new here, but but in your experience, you have refused to play that don't game. Don't play that game because spiritually, um, if you allow people to do that. Totally defeats the purpose of the tithe, which is to give up control of your yeah. possessions I do, and to say they don't belong to me. Anymore. I don't.
1: I don't. I don't play that game, and, and that even you and know, that is hard for theological for reasons. assigned sign, but, but but you know, I've told this before. But you know, my, I, I had bankruptcy in my house. I don't. I'm. I, I have a. I, I watched my daddy go to the bank and have to beg and mm-hmm. plead and play that game. And I. I said I will never, never play that yeah. game. So. Um. And and but I need to say also here we don't have that issue. Yeah. The people. The, the people, in my experience, and in this church, and in other churches, and in the experience of mm-hmm. other of other clergy across traditions, and, and when I say this, I have no one in particular in mind, but this is a truism: the people who give faithfully and give um, sacrificially. Uh, are here, they're faithful, mm-hmm. and never they never comment on the finances. Yep, yep. The people who give very little or most often give nothing at all mm-hmm. are the ones that complain about how the church is spending mm-hmm. money or want to see how the church is spending money. Mm-hmm. There is a inverse relationship between how yeah. much you give and how much you complain about it. There's, mainly because you, you either you're formed spiritually there we or go. Yeah. Number one, and then that leads to number two, is that you're here, mm-hmm. you're involved, and you're connected, and you know what's going on. Yeah. Um, and so, to yet.
0: give a little to hold something back is still to try to yeah, maintain we control. We don't play that game, which leads you to then try to yep. you know, play that game. I'm going to end with a, a quote from um, John Chrysostom, and we didn't even, you know, get into some of the, the sayings of the church fathers who um, hold absolutely no punches when you know Basil says. Um, the shoes that you don't wear belong to the poor. And the longer you hold on to them, you're stealing from them. I mean, they, they take this to its logical conclusion that sounds extreme in our modern ears. Um, but their, their point is that the material goods are supposed to be shared. Um, and and you're, you're called to, if you have extra, to give to those who, who don't have enough. But um, we didn't have time to get into that. But this is a, a great quote that I'm going to end with from um, St. John Chrysostom. I have a point. After you make that, that's fine. Quote. He says, "When you are weary of praying and do not receive, consider how often you have heard a poor man calling and have not listened to him." It's a good summation that you know Jesus is going to remind us, um, and we're going to give an account. What you know? What, what did you do with your money? What did you do with your possessions? And we can sit here and complain about you know God won't give me what I want, and God will you know remind us. You know, I've given you what you need, and I, I've even put people who you have an opportunity to bless all around you, and you refuse time and time again. It should wound us a little bit, but yep. it should spur us on to um, a better use.
1: We have to address the the common complaint, not from within the parish, really, but from without. People who may hear this podcast, and I can I can hear the keyboard clacking already with the comment of, then why don't you give everything that that is given to the church to the poor? Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, there's two things immediately. One, we need to go back to Jesus and um, the woman with the oil and Judas. Judas made the exact same complaint. Um, That doesn't mean that there shouldn't be transparency and accountability and scrutiny on what the church spends. Mm 100% 100% and we are, have a review audit every year and our budgets, you can come look at it. You can see what we make. You can whatever. I don't care. We don't care. The doors mm-hmm. are open. The, yep. the the window shades are, are, are pulled back. The other thing though, the more important, or the equally important point is, when we create a place of prayer and a sacramental life inform Christians, what those Christians transformed can do is exponentially greater yeah. and more in value yeah. that you can put a dollar amount on than what we could do with our budget. Mm-hmm. So it is an investment. So again, we've talked about this before ad nauseum, you know, this beautiful place of prayer is going to last for a long, long, long time. It's like the Catholic spent $500 will last for 15 years. Mm -hmm. That's a good investment. You know, what we spent to make the church a beautiful place Mm -hmm. of prayer that brings people in and and calls them to a transformed life, then what they do is just compounded in the good that they do. Mm -hmm. You know, our, our homeless shelter for 10 years well, our partners changed direction, but our people haven't changed direction. Yeah. So now we're continuing to open up a shelter twice a month during those years mm-hmm. without, you know, the infrastructure that we once had. Mm-hmm. If we weren't focusing on the people, we wouldn't do that. Yeah. We would just give to an organization that changed direction. Mm-hmm. We haven't, um, you know, burying you know, um, over 500 babies, you know, mm-hmm. on our property. Mm-hmm. How do you put a dollar amount on on the impact? To those right. families, right. it's far greater than what our annual budget is, mm-hmm. or it's far greater than our annual budget times however many years we've been doing it. Yeah. And so that is that is um I'm, that's the part I get you know um really passionate about yeah. because I it's it, the argument when you when you think about the true spiritual worth on it it's it's to me it's common sense and clear. Mm-hmm.
0: And I mean. Take it to its logical conclusion, and I think this actually uncovers what their motivation are. If, if you said, fine, sell every single church building and give it to poor people, and do you think that would be a good decision? And if they say yes, then they're actually not concerned about the spirituality. They actually don't think church is important. If they say no, then it's, okay, so then we make sure the church is open. And then the second point I'll make is go back to the five virtues I said. Almsgiving is for everyone. Church is not yep. the only one with that responsibility. Correct. We do it in very specific ways. But if somebody tells me that, I'll say, okay, good. So give some more money to the poor people that you encounter, yep. and I'll try to do the same. If we sell every building on this campus and every asset we have, and it's, let's just say it's $3 million, yeah. we give it away. Okay, it's
1: it's spent in six months. Yeah. Then what?
0: For, and, and in good ways. In a good way, but, but then it's done. Yep.
1: yep. But if we create a foundation that will last for another 300 years.
0: Yeah. And while we are creating the foundation. We are also giving money. Correct. And to, I mean, Absolutely. Yeah. They're not opposed to each yeah. other. Um, we don't get defensive. We get passionate about
1: this yeah. because we, we, we're, we're committed to that larger mm-hmm. picture.
0: Yeah. So let's, let's, let's sum up our main points. Um, money is a placeholder. It's meant to be used. It can be used for good or bad. It should be used for good. Good... As as you were talking about it, is um, eternal goods. There there are um, false goods that we think we need, but then there are actually spiritual goods that we truly need. Mm-hmm. Um, tithing is one way in which Christians should be using their money. Alms giving uh, magnificence. If you have a ton of money, you know there are a variety of and then ways prudent you can use ways it. that are
1: moral and in ev- the other 90 percent of that. Yeah, and
0: every single dollar you yeah. spend is either bringing you closer to Jesus or pushing you further away. Um, so I'm going to try to investigate what the Christian rice is as I go to the grocery store today. <laughs> um, but uh, you know, money is is a taboo topic. But it people doesn't should need not to be, be that be scrupulous where they're sitting there, there stressing yes, about I the rice. I, I know you're joking. joking, but people may um, not. Don't don't do that. Um, but money, don't let money be taboo. Um, it it exists for our benefit, to give to us, and we can do extraordinary things. And me. you and I tithe our salaries. We need we we can talk yeah. openly about this.
1: Yeah. yeah. Uh, we tithe. I don't know, pre tax. I always do pre tax. Yeah, I always do pre tax as well. So we're not playing the game. We're not trying to game the system. Exactly. So you and I can talk about this. And it's important for people to know that we've committed to this for a long, Mm -hmm. long time. And and that's why we can have the conversation. You have a kid. I got three kids, one in college. Yep. You know, mortgage, the whole bit, you know, the whole bit.
0: Yeah. But it's, if you make it a habit, you don't think twice about it. You don't. It is what it is. Um, it It doesn't become an issue. Let's close in prayer. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be Thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, for ever and ever. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Ghost be with us all evermore.